Welcome to Plug Talk with Amber, where I talk about the not-so-sunny side of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Amber, and I'm so excited because we have a special guest in the building. Today, we're talking to Jamise, the business and mindset coach. <laughs> He's here to talk to us about shifting from your corporate job to becoming an entrepreneur. Jamise, are you ready to spill the tea? Definitely ready. <laughs> <laughs> I like to start the interview off by asking who you were before you became a uh, business owner and who you are now. And how did you become a business owner? So I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So my mother and my father, they ran businesses. And my mother's always like ran a business and worked in corporate. And so has my father. And then he's fully an entrepreneur now. So I started my bakery in high school. So I would have treats for sale. Um, and then a lot of my classmates, their parents, they would be like, okay, can you bake this specific thing for me? Like I had, it, I also grew up in a very multicultural um, community. So they wanted me to make like Jewish things like challah bread. I didn't know what that was, but I was getting paid to do it. And I'm in high school. So it made sense. And I've always done that on the side. Then when I went to college my first year, I got my first corporate job. So I was 18 working in HR. I put that on hold because I was like, hey, this is like steady money and it's like good money. And I continued with, with an HR and elevated um, all throughout my college career. And I'm very strategic. I've always been that way. I like to get stuff done quickly and at the highest rate possible. So before graduating college, I was an executive recruiter for healthcare professionals for huge healthcare networks and hospitals and stuff like that. That was when I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. So um, I wanted to get back to my bakery and I wanted to scale it to where I could do that. That'd be my nine to five, pretty much my bakery. I basically quit and it was not, I didn't, I planned it, but I didn't plan it the way I needed to. And um, it took a lot of mindset work and getting through all of the the crap that's in my brain and how I operated back then from a place of being broke and a place of being depleted emotionally. I had to break all those chains to basically, you know, elevate myself and my business to now being a six, seven figure wholesale bakery and then transitioning over into being an entrepreneurial and mindset coach um, for other people to do the same thing. So you said that you were working in a corporation at 18. What was it yes. like with all of these responsibilities and what challenges did you face working that young in an environment like that? Oh my goodness. It was crazy. So the most difficult thing was not being taken seriously. So already with my ethnicity and gender, it was not easy. But then the fact that I was younger than everybody else and in every job that I've ever held, I've always been the youngest person holding one of the highest jobs. So like it was always like, a, what did you do to get here? Or can you actually take this seriously? And people always questioning not only my work ethic, but my integrity and intelligence. And it was almost like I got punked a lot. Like within the corporate setting, like people were punking, like, what do you really know about this? And then I have to sit back, you know, like, okay, I know this and this. I can tell you right now what the legal obligations and ramifications are for I-9 um, and not having your I-9 stuff together. And I would tell them, like, this is what the cost is going to be per incident, stuff like that. And people will look at me like, why are you here? Or because I felt like maybe I was challenging their perception of themselves that, like, why is it that? I wasn't doing those things because I would have been in a better place. I heard that so much. I would be in a better place in my life if I did the same things you're doing at your age. And you're like, I can't make you go back in time. So don't hate me for it. But it was very difficult. I know it was because a lot of people do put that on you. Like, that has nothing to do with me. And I know I dealt with <laughs> <laughs> When I was working in retail, I was working in retail. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of like the the youngest people on the reach out, and I was not there for as long as them, but I was making more than them. Exactly. Nothing to do with me. I worked hard. I worked hard. I did everything that it took to get here. I just got here 20 years before you did. That's not my fault. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. You mentioned uh, having to change your mindset and things in order to, you know, do the things that you're doing. So what kind of mindset shifts need to happen Mm -hmm. for us to be successful and sustainable entrepreneurs? So the first thing that I had to do was I had to figure out well, I had to one, accept that I was coming from a place of like neediness because like my bills had to be paid. I had significant credit card debt because I was a college student. I just realized what credit was and they gave me high limits, man. I was killing them. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, I had to realize that I was operating from brokenness and I had to reframe my mindset from a place of abundance, from a place of not only am I financially secure, but my life is secure because well, I believe in God. I don't know. What, you know, everybody believes in different things, but like, I know that I'm always cared for and provided for. It's just up to me to make those decisions that are aligned for what my purpose is to make sure that I'm getting the abundance that is owed to me. So it was like, I had to shift from a place of, man, I need this to, it is a blessing to other people for me to do this. And so that was the first thing because then I operated from a place of, I'm here to help. I know that I'm the best person to help someone because I'm called to do it. It's not like I need this sale because I got my lights that got to be paid. So that was the first mindset shift. The other one is understanding when I'm being triggered. So um, understanding when something is or someone is really affecting you. Like if someone's really getting under your skin, it's usually like a self-reflection of something about you that you probably need to work on and develop or strengthen or just at least come to terms with. Like, as I stated, with people that I worked with, they would be like, man, I don't like you. And then come to find out they're like, if I was doing what you were doing at your age, I would be so much further in life. Because I was, I was bringing that out for them that, you know, they aren't where they want to be. And it's the same way for me. Like, for me, I had to realize, like, stuff that was the stuff that I put off or the people that I put off was something that I had to really get together because it was stopping me from, you know, breaking that income ceiling that I had for myself. So, yeah, that's what I have to say about the mindset shifts. <laughs> There's way more, but those are the first ones you got to tackle. Yeah, because a lot of people think that it is kind of like one thing that you do, not knowing that mindset shifts, it's an ongoing. Yes. You can't just be like, oh, okay, I'm going to think positive today. You have to really reach. Oh, my God, no. (laughs) You know, basically rewire to think differently and Mm -hmm. think differently. So I'm glad that Mm -hmm. you said that because a lot of people don't, don't think about that. So my question is, because we see, um, you know, we're in a bunch of groups together and you know how we see those posts that's like, oh, I need a business coach and oh, I need this and oh, I need that. And mm-hmm. it's coming from new entrepreneurs or aspiring yes. business people. And I want to know, when is it really time to get a business coach and how do you pick a coach that's for you? So what I tell people when they reach out to me all the time is, you don't need a business coach until you have come to the point where you've done all that you could that you know of. Because anybody that does that due diligence on their own, tries their best to figure things out on their own at that point, they're willing to and motivated to you know, get the right type of guidance. If you haven't done that, that lets me know and that should let you know that you're not, you're not ready for your next level because you haven't done all that you could on the level that you're on. So you, you can't 
you know, up level until you've done that. Um, and then picking the coach that's right for you. I think you want to do more of a, um, a personality and a value check. Like when you want to look into that coach, what can they offer you? So like asking them for like, do you have some examples of stuff that you've done for people in my industry? Because every industry is different. And then also, like I said, value wise, like you want to make sure you guys are aligned fit because they might, I've had coaches that definitely didn't align to my values that they were like, they were super gung ho about taking money. Like this is your job to take money. And they're like, when someone rejects you or they object because they can't afford you, you're going to ask them because it's never that they can't afford you. It's that don't want to pay or they don't find value. It's your job to make them seek the value. And I was like, I'm not one to challenge people on that if that because I want someone to come to me that's ready and willing regardless of the cost so you have to find someone that aligns with your values as well because at the end of the day at some point the value difference is going to show and it's not going to align with you anymore you're not going to feel as in touch to want to make those changes within your business absolutely and I was just going to say that too about um having morals and things like that that are mm-hmm. aligned with what you have and that's so important because when you have different values it's like you just constantly clash even though it's Mm -hmm. values it goes with the the communication and how they do Mm -hmm. things and everything yep everything yes like you need to do your research and but i've never heard anybody say oh you need to do everything that you can everything that you know how to do and i think that is great advice because mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago i had posted on my my social media that we need to listen to ourselves more mm-hmm. we get into entrepreneurship and we're like oh i need a coach i need a website i need a logo i need this i need that when they're really and a lot of times you don't need none of that <laughs> right a lot of times you don't need any of that you might need to brush up on some skills and things mm-hmm. like that but anything that you don't know how to do there's somebody who knows how to do it who's willing yep to yep Yep. Um, as my mom always taught me, which is why, like I said, I excelled really young. She would always tell me to go fish. Like I was that kid that I didn't have that parent that I could be like, Ooh, how do you spell this? It was like, sound it out. And once you sound it out, go find it in the dictionary. And when you find it in the dictionary, tell me the definition. So I know you found it. That's how I was raised. So like I Ooh, teach people. <laughs> yes. So I teach people like she was not go fish. <laughs> exactly. When you I want you to try your best to find that answer. And don't come to me until you know I exhaust. I can't figure this out. That's when I'm like, okay, let me give you some perspective. Because if you haven't done that, you're not ready for me yet. <laughs> exactly. Were you the only child? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh I, I think because that's that's the type of things I do with my son. He's the only child. We don't play with him. And then, <laughs> yep, that's exactly that was a good idea. I'm definitely using that one on him. Oh, I just ruined his childhood. No, not at all. He, <laughs> this is you because I tell him all the time, X three before you ask me. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, what are some of the craziest things or craziest ideas that people have about coaching? Mm-hmm. that you've heard so far um so in one of the um entrepreneurial groups that i'm in right now someone recently posted maybe within the last two months um they were asking basically a general question why don't you have a coach and a lot of people were saying most coaches they i everything they give me that i could find on the internet 
that might be the case. But I don't know about the other coaches, but for me, that's definitely not it. You're going to get some personalized stuff that I've developed, some formulas I've developed. Like, you don't find that everywhere else. But on top of that, and it's a lot of inner work. Like, like I said, mindset, that's not, there's no book on or no book that makes total sense because your mindset is different from someone else. Um, another myth that I hear for entrepreneurship in general is that it's all about, you know, building your own business and being your own boss. Like no one can tell you anything. And at the forefront, your, your, your clients are your boss. Um, your services are your boss because yes. you got to listen to those. If you don't listen to those, you don't have a business where you won't have one for long. Um, <laughs> and it's not about like, Ooh, I want to sit by the fire or sit on the beach on my laptop and just be making millions of dollars. It's, it takes work and, but it has to be stuff that you are passionate about or it feels like work. And just like how a lot of people, most people are unhappy in their jobs. You'll be unhappy in your business and won't understand why. That's crazy. And people and people always say, oh, you know, I do want to be a business owner because I don't have to listen to people. I don't have to do this. And like you said, that is completely the opposite, especially when you just start now. That does not go like that. <laughs> yeah, like you want to you want to have your ear to or as I say, have your ear to the streets or have your ear to your 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 clients or ideal clients or, you know, stuff like that. You want to have your ear to that so you know what what to offer but then especially because every, lots of people have businesses these days you got to have something different so you want to say okay what does my ideal customer like like what do they want to be fixed or what can I offer them as like my business but then on top of that what are the little things that make them happy because you need you need to have something that like gets to them on a deeper level these days so you can't just figure that out by being in your own bubble all right, so let me ask you this. Do mm-hmm. you feel like when people are, you know, trying to create their business and things like that, a lot of mm-hmm. people will either one or two ways. Either they operate out of passion or mm-hmm. they operate out of a need. So they mm-hmm. might, a need might be something that people need, but they're not passionate about, or it might be something they're super passionate about and maybe not as many people need it. So what is your advice for new entrepreneurs um, when they're wanting to, start a business should they do need or passion based I think when you bring the two together you have like the perfect business that'll continue to ignite you every day you'll want to do it but like if you don't because I know a lot of people that I work with because I work with burnt out professionals that want to transition they're like I don't know what my passion is I've been in corporate America for 20 30 years I don't know what that is so for me I always state maybe the business solution or your service or whatnot is not your passion but the outcome of your your client or your customer is so you might not be passionate about website development but when you see the satisfaction on someone that feels like they can you know now their business can take off or um when you sell hair care products you may not love the hair care products but when you see people that are like my hair i love i'm confident and stuff like that that might be what makes you passionate that in itself is a passion and then it's a need for them as well so it's always you know finding the two you may not be passionate about the activity you're doing but the outcome can ignite you just as well see yeah you you came through with the response (laughs) (laughs) so i know that you're working with people who have been working in corporate for a long time and now they want to transition into entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. So for the people yep. who are working in corporate and things like that, what are the top three things 
that you will say that people might feel or do for them to know that it's time to leave their job. When you wake up on Sunday morning and you want to cry, that's when you call me. <laughs> um, <laughs> or <laughs> like when you, you know, it's Friday and you just are super excited to get out of there. Not because you got something planned, but just to not be there. And you know there's something that could make you so happy or that can make your life worth living again. That's when you reach out to me. So like, as I said, like if you no longer have a passion for your job, but you have a passion for something else and it's something that you want to scale or you have an impact that you want to create in the world and you feel like you can't do that in your role and you don't or you just don't no longer want to do it in your role. That's when you reach out to me. And once again, once you've tried all the little stuff that you could or little or small or big and you're like, OK, I've gotten to this point. I can't get no further. That's when you're like, OK, let me call Johnny. And I'll be like, hey, girl, what's good? You know, but that's what I do is helping people to transition to be able to potentially walk away from their nine to five, whatever that is, um, within 12 to 24 months. Yes, because it is a transition. So it's easier that way because you don't want to do it the way I did it. Yeah, it has been amazing interviewing you. How can my listeners keep up with you on social media? All of my social media is pretty easy. It's my first name. So you can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, at Jamis, Z-H-A-M-E-S-E. That's it. It's pretty simple. And that's how, how you get in contact with me. That's also my website. That's also my email address. I made it as simple as possible. You did. Well, this, <laughs> this has been another fire episode of Plug Talk with Amber, mentally informed and inspired. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next week.